0: Well, welcome everyone. Again, my name is Amy and I'm one of the pastors here. And in case you haven't noticed already by the, I think we're up to eight languages that we've sung, today is an unusual Sunday. In addition to Candlemas, when we bless all the church's candles, it's also World Mission Sunday, which always falls on the next to last Sunday of the season of Epiphany. And often this happens on the same day as Candlemas, the presentation of Jesus in the temple, which makes sense. Because both of these special days tell the same good news. That Jesus' kingdom, Jesus' way of life, Jesus' community of belonging is open to all people everywhere. And that Jesus promises to be God with us everywhere and anywhere, in any culture, time and place, from now until forever. That's another way of saying what Jesus told his disciples in the Gospel reading that I just read, this passage that we commonly call the Great Commission. And here's the way Eugene Peterson translates it. God authorized and commanded me, this is Jesus speaking, to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Instruct them to practice all I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up until the end of the age. And as much as I love that translation of the Great Commission, the way it makes it feel fresh and real, I know that this whole idea of the Great Commission sits a little uncomfortably with some of us. I think some of that is because Some of us grew up in traditions that maybe delivered it with a big dose of coercion and guilt and pressure. So it just felt like something you were going to get wrong or else. But I think even worse, this Great Commission has sometimes been co-opted by the empire building ambitions of great and powerful nations. Colonization and world missions have often gone hand in hand, unfortunately, especially in our Anglican tradition. So much so that now a big barrier to Christianity outside the West is this perception that becoming a Christian is the same thing as becoming a Westerner becoming kind of like an American, and everything that comes along with that, our way of government, our economics, our foreign policies, our consumerism, our decadence, the Super Bowl, and McDonald's, and The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. We have kind of forgotten that Christianity has this really rich history before the West, We've largely forgotten the story that Christianity became an established, that long before Christianity became an established religion of the western part of the Roman Empire. It was flourishing in this diversity of forms in ancient Egypt and Ethiopia, the Kingdom of Nubia, Syria, Lebanon, Persia, Arabia, India, Armenia, and more. And over a thousand, like 1500 years later, When Western missionaries brought the message of Jesus to those places, they often had no idea that they owed the very roots of the gospel they were preaching, of their theology, to the early Christianity of these places. And now, by now, in some places, among some people, those roots have been buried. They might have gone dormant. They've been covered up over the years with new layer after layer of topsoil as kingdoms and peoples face all kinds of displacement and invasion and movements. But the roots are still there. Christianity was a global faith from the very, very beginning. And so I'm really grateful that later in the service when we pray a litany for mission, we won't just pray for the Great Commission and all that comes with that, but we'll also have an opportunity to repent for the ways we've gotten it wrong as the church. And I'm also really grateful for Christians around the world, theologians and missiologists and missionaries and pastors and peacemakers who are working really hard in those places to create space for healing, for repentance, for repair, to mend what's been broken and to pull the gospel apart from colonialism it's hard work, but it's really important work. But even if we take all of the misuses and the abuses and the wrongs done in the name of this passage, Jesus has called us and the great commission still stands. And that great vision from Revelation 11 that Buzz read just a minute ago is still our future. A great multitude that no one can count from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the lamb robed in white with palm branches in their hands crying out in a loud voice saying salvation belongs to our god the community of those who are worshiping jesus has been global from the beginning and it will be global at the end of all things and someday all sorrow and suffering will cease and all of the evils that people and nations have committed against one another will be right. And all of that beautiful diversity of every language and every people and every nation will somehow be uniquely present, but unified and healed and harmonized before God's throne. Someday the entire world will live under Jesus's just and loving reign. That is what lies before us. And so the question is, how is God inviting us to join him on our way there in that direction? And if you still feel skeptical and hesitant and a little bit burned by the Great Commission, that puts you in good company because the text tells us that the disciples who were with Jesus when he gave this commission to them doubted They were in the presence of the risen Jesus, who they had seen crucified and come back to life. And they still weren't sure whether to worship, whether to follow him, what to make of the whole thing. So we don't have to have it all figured out today. But I do want us to listen for what God might be saying to us, wherever you are this morning, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the passage again slowly. And as I do, I invite you to ask God to speak to you. Maybe through a word or a phrase or an idea from the passage that stands out to you. Maybe an image will come to mind. Maybe God will give you a surprising awareness of something that is stirring in you that you want to bring into God's presence that maybe you didn't know was there. But after I read the passage, we'll spend a moment in silence, just so that anything the Spirit might be revealing has a little bit of room to breathe and grow. And then we'll close our silence by hearing from our outreach partner for this month, from Vera Fernandez, who's visiting us today. She has been putting this passage into practice faithfully for many, many years in many parts of the world, most recently among the displaced Afghans in our own community. And I really admire Vera's work tremendously in the way that she does it. And so it's a gift to hear from her this morning. So I'm going to read this passage again. And as I do, I invite you to get comfortable, maybe take a deep breath, maybe relax a bit as much as you can in these chairs. If it's helpful to close your eyes, I invite you to do so. I'm going to read the passage once more. and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We'll just spend a moment in silence.
1: Hi. um I just want to share about the Great Commission that we just heard and we just read uh, from Matthew 28 that um, as I was meditating on on that these verses this last week um, I sense the Lord say that this Great Commission also comes with a great promise and as we just read um, as Jesus sent the disciples to go into all the world and preach the good news He also had a promise. The last verse of this passage, in fact, the last verse of the book of Matthew, says that he promises, he says, I will be with you always to the very end of this age. Uh, What an incredible promise, that even as he sends us out to go into all the world, to go to the nations, he also promises that he will be with us always. And this promise became so real to me in 2021, Um, uh, uh, the Lord had sent me to serve in Afghanistan Uh, I was with a team in Afghanistan serving in a shelter for boys with street kids and um, uh, by by the way I'm not uh, Afghan I'm from India but God had sent me to Afghanistan and as I was serving there uh, most of you may recall in 2021 the scenes at the airport in August of 2021 there was turmoil there was so much of devastation there were tragic scenes where hundreds of thousands of Afghans were trying to leave the country. Um, The Lord miraculously brought me out on the evening of the Taliban takeover. On August 14th, I got on one of the last commercial flights and got out of Afghanistan to the U.S. Um, uh, As as I reached the U.S., I was seeing all these scenes uh, and um, this promise was so real to me of Jesus saying that as he sent me out to preach the good news, his promise was so true that he was with me always. And that promise became so real to me um, back in August of 2021. Despite seeing such a miraculous way in which I knew that it was God who brought me out beyond a doubt, uh, I went through a season of doubt as we just read about, the disciples also who doubted. Uh, I also went through a season of doubt and I began to wonder uh, where would I live? What ministry would I now do? I couldn't go back to Afghanistan and um, uh, what ministry? What job? Where? When? How? What would I do? And I went through these seasons of just uncertainty, of seasons of fear, of being anxious, of wondering what would be, what would be the future. And today I just want to testify with you that God is so faithful to keep his promises. And within just a short period of six months, it felt forever at that time, but it was just six months when God opened the door for me to come and resettle in Northern Virginia. Had you asked me back in 2021, um, would I ever be able to resettle in, in the D.C. area, I would have said that would be impossible but God made it possible. And uh, not only was I able to resettle in the D.C. area, but I connected with an organization called For the Nations D.C., with whom I'm now serving, and I'm able to reach out to a large number of Afghans who've also resettled here in the D.C. area. And I saw that as God opening that door for me to be able to uh, serve this large and delightful population of Afghans here in Northern Virginia. And um, I'm so grateful to God for opening this door and for making this way possible. And For the Nations, DC serves um, a team, along with many volunteers, serves over 100 uh, students who come in to learn English. We have ESL classes uh, during the week, three times a week. And uh, we also provide free childcare for the mothers who come in with their children who are under five years old. And I'm really thankful for this opportunity to be able to serve with For the Nations. In particular, God has called me to work with the children, and I've been running uh, book reading clubs and other activities, which I'm trusting God to lead more in the days ahead. Uh, I just want to end with just a, a short testimony uh, of, of a little boy named, uh, I'm gonna call him Samuella. He's from our reading club. And uh, Samuela is an Afghan boy, uh, aged 12 years old. And um, we we were reading a book called, uh, in in our book reading club, called The Giving Tree. Uh, In case you don't know about this book, it's about a tree that gave everything to this boy, its leaves, its fruit, Um, it gave everything possible to a little boy. And so after reading this book, we asked the kids, these are all Afghan kids, and we asked them, who are the people in your lives who have given much to you? And some of the kids said, my parents, some said, my friends, some actually did say, God. Um, Samuela went on to say that it was my father who was this giving person in my life. Um, another little boy, a friend of his, laughed at him and said, your father is still in Afghanistan, what can he give you? And uh, Samuela's face changed, but I was able to encourage him and say, That's okay. His father gave him a lot while he was in Afghanistan. um, By the way, Samuela got on one of those evacuation flights with his uncle and his cousins, but his parents were not able to get on that flight. So he's still um, living with, he's safe, he's living with his family, but he misses his parents. And our prayer is that as we interact with these Afghans, and I'm giving an example of Samuela, that Samuela will one day get to know God as his giving father, and that as, as a faithful and giving father. And um, God's promise is so true as he's called us to go to the nations. Today we do not have to go far to go to the nations. The nations have come to us. We have thousands of um, immigrants and internationals right here in the Northern Virginia, DC area. So we don't even have to go far to reach, uh, to spread the good news to the nations. And God's promise is so true that as we go and serve the nations, he will be with us always.